0: Baseball's postseason. Every pitch is here, live from the first Midwest Bank State Street Studio, ESPN One Thousand WMVP Chicago. It's nine
1: o'clock on a Saturday.
0: Live from Chicago. It's Saturday morning. It's the Murfin Fred Show, starring Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner, and featuring Erica strosky Now here's your host, Murfin Fred.
1: Hey morning everybody Mike Murphy, Fred Hubner and you 32-3776 three, 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 if you wish to contribute. Fred, you wish to contribute.
0: You don't have uh, to phone often. in. You're right yeah, here. Yeah, often we will contribute. And by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. happy 14th anniversary uh-huh. to the White Sox World Series. Oh, White Sox World uh-huh. Series in 2005 14 years ago today.
1: Eric Put in a new Murph and Fred fan focus group Twitter poll. Who's in the World Series next, Cubs or Sox?
0: Vote now. Uh, there's no doubt about that one, is there? Well, there would be... It, it should if... be 90, 90% White <laughs> Sox, 10% Cubs. Very well, mate.
1: <laughs> What's that, Eric? We don't have any space for any new ones? All right. Next week, Fred. All right, here's what we're doing today. We're jammed. We're we going to be busy. Off,
0: We have a whole off baseball season to figure it out. We
1: have uh, Jesse Rogers going to jump in.
0: He's, he's breaking news. Did you hear this? New Cubs manager. That's what I heard. Betsy Ross. Uh, Betsy Ross. Or, was it Ross from Friends? Any of them could do the same job. It doesn't really matter. I thought
1: it was at David Lee Roth for a minute when <laughs> I first heard Jet. David Lee Roth! And uh, plenty of Bears, uh, Sox. Bulls, Blackhawks, always busy on Saturday. Murph and Fred every Saturday at 9 a.m. Fred, there was so much going on in the last week. I thought we'd revisit uh, an old segment, TW3. Okay. Uh, that was the week that was. All right. I've got the, uh, I got five things here. I'm going to give you, Fred, the boldest statement I heard of all week. Okay. okay. Uh, the craziest thing I saw all week. I'd be in the world of sports. Uh, the uh, dumbest play of the week. Oh, that that could. <laughs> we're,
0: we're only out on for an hour and a half today, so that could that might that might take up the whole time.
1: Biggest disappearing act, okay, of the week, and uh, the uh, uh, most uh, misconstrued uh, statement uh, of the week. That's a
0: lot. There's a lot of things. That there. not
1: miscon- misconstrued. No, misconstrued. Uh, Boldest statement of the week. We'll hold that one back. Okay. This is good stuff. Craziest thing. Of, okay. Craziest thing of the week. In the Bears game. In EO 11, I know you watched the Bears game, too. In the first quarter early, Anthony uh, Miller, girl number 17,
0: he wants ever, the ball, and can't hold on to the ball. You
1: ever ball. notice when he's around bad, uh, let me rephrase it, whenever he's around weird things happen?
0: Yeah, this year not good things, uh, but yeah, uh, I do, I have noticed that.
1: Craziest thing of the week. So, first quarter, and uh, you're talking about it, Anthony Miller he coughs up the ball. Uh-huh. All right, and there's a big dog pile, right? Yep. Now, you don't see this on the initial, but if you uh, stayed a few seconds later on the uh, second or third uh, instant replay on TV, his helmet flew off. Right. Did you know you saw that? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. In the dog pile, which, number one, if you anchor, okay, there's four button snaps, right, on the helmet, two. There's two things on there. Two, it's not like the old days where it was just one. There's four snaps a lot of these guys, they run around, hey, whatever. I don't, with just two of them snapped on. In this day of concussions, you'd think they Actually, ever- that's illegal now. They cannot do that anymore. Oh, yeah, that's just why 11's so so you
0: know. here. Thank you, buddy. But well, a lot of them just wear their helmets loose. Okay. They, uh, which is amazing to me. You would think they'd want them as tight as possible, but maybe it messes, I don't know, with their brains or something.
1: So the, uh, <laughs> good one. So the, uh, helmet flies off, good old number 17, in the dog pile. Did, did you happen to see what what he did the next? No. It was, it's hard to see. I went there. No. So the ball's loose. Then the ball's picked up. And then, uh, if not for the whistle, being, I believe, prematurely blown, because no one touched uh, the guy that recovered, uh, you know, the ball. Uh, he runs all the way, but the whistle. You know, Anthony Miller, he goes after his helmet first. Sure. Sure. The helmet's
0: off. you got to protect yourself. The
1: ball's loose. Yeah. Then the ball's not loose when they pick up the ball, when the Saints guy, you know, picks up the ball. And he's not going for the ball, helmetless. Remember Shoeless Joe Jackson? There's no. A... Look him up. <laughs> helmetless Anthony Miller. Uh-huh.
0: He, does he go for the loose ball that he just coughed up? He's no. trying to preserve his, his sanity. He doesn't want to get yeah. hit in the head, so trying to grab that helmet to get Can't it back to on. To
1: me. There is no such thing as a sanity uh-huh. clause. Does he try to just put his finger on the saint guy that has recovered a ball and is going to start running for the end zone? Now the whistle ball. No. He, he recovers his helmet. All right. That had to be the craziest thing of the week. Number one. Okay. Number, number two. Dumbest play of the week. I like that music you're playing there for TW3, EO11. Crank that up. What do we have there? Sort of a a toe-tapper. That was the week that was. Thank you. Dumbest play of the week. Bulls, Wednesday night. All right. Big game last night. It's
0: easy to find this play. It was the last one that Bulls made, right? You Uh, saw it. uh
1: Last uh, last possession of the game for the Bulls. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. They're down by three. They're at uh, Charlotte. Yes. All right. Bulls have the ball or inbound the ball, whatever, with 10 seconds to go. And and Zach Levine has the ball. They're down three. Clock's ticking down. He's dribbling, driving. He's down now by the three-point line. There's about six seconds left, seven, six seconds left. Down by three. Did I say that? Yeah, you did. Down by three. And he's going to pull up and tie that game, right? Or he's going to dish it off to marketing for the three. Or dish it off to, I don't know, White should have been in it. A... No. He dribble drives to and the Lays bucket. it up and in. Lays it up and yep. in with 4.5 left. Now they're only down by one. Yeah. Charlotte inbounds the ball. They dribble around in a circle. The Bulls can't even catch them. They like foul them, and the game's over. What, what are you doing? Yeah. Then after the game, Fred, probably, you probably know, there's all these weird, I don't know if excuses, but rationales are better. Well, you know what? No one was open. It was better to score two than three.
0: Are you crazy? Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. Dumbest play of the week. And to be honest, I think the Bulls were actually favored in that game. So it didn't matter points-wise and things like that. What are you, the odds couple just by yourself here? What I'm saying is, if if the Bulls were like a um, two-point underdog, Uh, if they were getting two points... uh Uh-huh. Then you'd... That's what's going to happen nowadays. Oh, sure. If they're down three. Legalized gambling. That's right. They're down three. They're getting two. Hey, I just ran down in a kiosk. So if you laid one up. Yeah. All of a sudden, Charlotte loses because they were minus two. The Bulls would win that bet. He who gambles lives in shambles. But I think the Bulls were actually favored in the game. Okay. So that, you know, so just, just something to remember as we go along this NBA season.
1: Okay, so a TW3. We had the uh, craziest uh, thing of the week, Anthony Miller recovering his helmet instead of the ball. Dumbest play of the week. We just covered that, uh, Zach Levine. Oh, biggest disappearing act of the week. Now, again, that, that's pretty general. You know, I'm not saying Jonathan Daves. He's at a bad start here. will yep. Oh, head coach not happy.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard. Jeremy Colleton.
1: Collison. Collison.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Uh, biggest disappearing act of the, of the week, uh, Leonard Floyd.
0: Well, because he's not playing against Aaron Rodgers. If it's Aaron Rodgers, then huh. he comes up and has a sack and, you know, a couple tackles behind for loss and stuff like that.
1: Fred, so I, uh, you know, I don't know why, but I did. I re-watched the Bears game, uh, you know, yesterday. Uh huh. Well, you know, I got the radio show. It's been a few days. The, f- the first time you hear Leonard Floyd's name on TV... Not in the first quarter. Not in the second quarter. 6.35 remaining in the third quarter. You know why you heard his name? There's Leonard Floyd uh, limping off the field to the sideline. They finally said his name. Yep. What the heck is going on? Remember everyone's, he's going to have his big breakout year, and you got Matt being double teamed, and he's going to be flying around.
0: Well, maybe they asked. Maybe they could have asked Khalil Mack about what happened to Leonard Floyd, but Khalil Mack was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> the reporters are lost. I ain't talking.
1: You're the you're the highest paid defensive uh, defensive player in the uh-huh. league or whatever. Yeah. You got to talk to the people. Isn't there an NFL rule? You have to uh, be at the pre- after the game available. I don't know. What do I know? Never been in a locker room. Uh... All right, now, number four. That was the week that was DW 3 Most misconstrued statement of the week. Now, that's just just me. I could be wrong. But we heard this one all week from Coach Nagy.
2: I know we need to run the ball more. I'm not an idiot. Mm I I realize. Okay.
1: Now, everyone had good sport with that. And I can see why. The wheels fell off. Everything goes wrong. And the guy says, I'm not an idiot. And then... in radio, it's called a fun sound drop. Uh-huh. At least that's what I call it.
2: I'm not an idiot.
1: <laughs> now, at first blush, as they used to say, it sounds like he's, you know, pretty much uh, saying, well, but I was. yeah, you know, I was an idiot, but, but I'm not. You know what I think he was saying? And I could be wrong. I might be misconstruing this. I, I believe he was telling us, telling everybody... I had We had no chance to run the ball. Why would I keep running it? Everyone sort of turned it the other way where, oh, my God, I was an idiot not to run the ball more. I was an idiot not to run the ball
2: more. I know we need to run the ball more. I'm mm-hmm. not an idiot. Mm-hmm. No,
1: okay. I, I okay. Could it be Fred that what he was really meaning or thinking, after, after running the ball a few times, I would have to be an idiot to keep running it. Therefore, I didn't run it. Because I'm not an idiot. Yeah, he... I'm sort of turning this around, I just yeah. think it was
0: one idiot what everybody thought. Yeah, I I, I don't. Right. I just think that it, it doesn't matter if you get stopped three times or four times or five times or six times. Mm-hmm. You've got to keep running the ball. Otherwise, no, no, I, otherwise I, I, I you take half your offense away because there's no such thing as play action when all you're doing is okay. dropping back. So, yeah, and I understand he's not an idiot, but he's the play caller. Well, but- so there's only one person that can call more runs, and that's him.
1: <laughs> Though- you threw in the play-action, which is not always in their running plays anyway. But right. but
0: you're right. I mean, of course you're right. Yeah, but what I'm saying is without running plays, no. there's no play-action. Well, Of course. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> and they they fake the handoff. You can fake the handoff all day if you're not going to run the damn ball. Mm-hmm. And they have shown that they're not running the ball. So, right, you know, this has happened. I still remember when I heard... The name that came up a couple times this year, Mark, Mark, this week. I remember when Mark Trustman said, Yeah, we'd like to run the ball more often. His name well, came we'll up stop. a lot this year. Yeah, it did. Stop saying we'd like to run the ball more often and run the ball more often. You're the person that makes the calls. So, I mean, I'm, you know, him saying, We look at it long enough uh-huh. and uh, him saying, Well, I'm not an idiot. I know we need to run the ball more. I I'm would not just an say. Idiot. Okay, as long as you understand that, Coach. Or he could have said,
1: or he could have uh, done the old flip-flop. He could have said, you'd have to be an idiot to keep running the
0: ball. See, that's what I think he meant, and I'm probably wrong. But he did say something which I I thought Uh made a lot of sense, and now it's just even more confusing. Makes your head spin, because what he said was, but going into this game, the Chargers know we want to run the ball. So now... Should we run the ball or should we throw the ball? Because they know we want to run the ball. No one So may- maybe we should surprise them and throw the ball. No one can make your head spin better than Linda
1: Blair and the Exorcist. Uh-huh. Let's go to uh, Bear Fan Bob on uh, ESPN uh, 1000. Hey, Bob.
3: Good morning, guys. Hope everybody is well. Should be a pretty day tomorrow out at Soldier Field, and I will be there. All you right. Know, I got to call BS on Coach Nagy Murph, and the reason is, is yeah, he is an idiot. And I'm going to tell you why. You know, I was at the Packers game, I was at the Saints game, and I watched that Raiders game. And when you do not call a game to put your players in a position to win, run the ball, not have them prepared, don't play them in preseason, yada, 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 that, you know, everybody has covered 10 million times, guess what? You are an idiot. And what about Harry Hestead too, with that offensive line? Every time I go to a game where I watch it, I'm about ready to throw up. It's horrible. You know, with Kyle Long, without Kyle Long, God forbid anybody try and run the football, and what's his deal with Cohen trying to run up the gut? How about Montgomery run up the gut, or what's the other guy, Davis, or whatever his name is? How about run him up the gut for a change? Here's another thought. How about big game Troy Burton? Trey Burton? You know, absolutely worthless. I couldn't stand him last year, this year. How about bench him? You know, he don't do nothing for you. Let's see a little bit more of Shaheen, and let's see a little bit more of Patterson. It seems like to me... Those guys want to try, and they want to play football. You know, let's see if maybe they can come up with a win tomorrow. I don't know if they can. I didn't have time this week to study the Chargers. But, you know, how about run the football up the gut, and how about get a little push on, the, on that offensive line? Let's see it because we're waiting. I'm tired of, well, you know, it's only one more game. Well, you know, one more game, lose, lose, lose. How about win for a change? Hey guys, Bob. Hold, are, hold on, yeah, Bob. Ahead. You're
1: you're a guy that really follows and watches the offensive line, and you mentioned yep, I and you, I know you do. And you mentioned Harry. He Stan uh, Stan. Yep. What would, would the would the offensive line be? You now he's supposed to be the you know one of the best ones out there. I mean, I just know what I read. Whatever would the Bears' yep. offensive line, uh, Bob Fred, be even worse than it is now if they didn't have him?
3: I think they would. They be even worse you know, than okay. I understand he only he can only work with the talent he has, but mm-hmm. this is not this is a talented offensive line. I don't get it. I really don't. Oh, and I got one more thought. Hey defense, if you want to get off the field like Fred says, make a play. Thanks. Never mind. Thanks. good
0: guys. fan Bob checking in from I the hear, tri-state. If I, hear, if I hear one more person say, "Well, the defense is good, but they're tired." You know what? You want to not be tired, make a stop. Go three and out, okay? Make a stop. And how many times have we talked about it? Uh, you know, you you don't let the Oakland Raiders go 97 yards on a drive when you have a chance to win the game. Granted, they forced a the punt, uh, and then their guy had roughing the kicker, running into the kicker, and it continued. But make a stop. Get a turnover. Get a takeaway. Do something. And this defense has been brutal the last two games. The amount of yards they've given up these last two games – astronomical it's ridiculous how bad they've been roquan smith right oh they're tired oh, I'm, oh, I'm, so I'm Fred, too
1: long watch the i don't know why i watched the game again yesterday so it's the third quarter and believe it or not you know the bears are only down 12 to 10 right and uh, early in the third quarter early in the second half right out of the box the uh, bears have uh uh the saints in a pickle first drive he started at the 25-yard line out of the end zone, you know. Uh, run for six yards, incomplete pass. It's third and four. Mm-hmm. Third play of the second half in New Orleans has the ball. This was third and four and they got uh, quarterback back in a pickle and he scrambles for exactly four yards. Second time he did that yep. in the game where he made it by about a half a football, right? So he scrambles just for the first. Now here's the thing. He's scrambling and now he's got to get up to the 35-yard line. Obviously, it started out of the end zone on the touchback. For, and he's he's about five yards now scrambling towards the first down. He's just going over the line of scrimmage. And someone's chasing him from behind. And there, right there coming up, is number 58, Roquan Smith. And I'd heard this, you know, someone comment during the week, so I went back specific. Roquan Smith, instead of going straight forward or holding his ground for the uh, scrambler coming at him, he stands still and and then does an lay to the side and tackled from behind, pushed over, therefore first down. You know, a week and a half ago, the first guy in town to say this was Mark Potash, our buddy at the Sun-Times. Uh-huh. Yep. <clears throat> and he wrote before, prior to uh, the, uh, the, the previous uh, game against Oakland, right? He had said, if things don't pick up, And this was just a little blurb, right? If things don't pick up with Roquan Smith, expect to see more of number 44. You know, Nick Kwiatkowski. Now, I don't know what this guy's problems are. And I hope he gets his personal problems or whatever they are figured out. But you can't keep playing this guy. He's the inside middle linebacker of the Chicago Bears. And he's doing an ole. And he's standing off to the side on a
0: first down. uh, He could have stopped. Well, they actually have stopped playing him. Um, He played 98% of the snaps. In the first uh, before missing the game against Minnesota, against Oakland, he paid, played 89%. And against New Orleans, he only played 69% See? of the snaps. All right, good. So they are playing him less. But, you know, did someone ask Roquan Smith about that play after the game? Huh. I don't know. He wasn't in the locker oh, room. Okay. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you, rich or you overly paid rich football players? You don't want to hang around and explain why you lost? You see, Khalil Mack and Roquan Smith, you know, the players, even if they play well this, year, this week, if they play well tomorrow and they beat the Chargers, you should not go and talk to either one of them and say, you know what, we decided you didn't want to talk to us when you lost. We don't want to talk to you when you win. I
1: thought there was an
0: NFL but rule. No, you we had gotta, to
1: be available. But and maybe they heard me over there. It's never been in a locker room. Let's be man. like Murph. Let's 86 out of here. So the next play. Uh, two plays later, Fred, after the uh, quarterback scramble keeps them alive back at the 35 yard line. All right. Uh, the, uh, 48, the 45 yard, uh, pass play. All right. This is the one where nobody's near the wide receiver. He goes deep to the slant to the right and he beats a Mark Mukamura one on one, brings him down to the three yard line. They're going to get the touchdown then, go up 19 10. This forty-five-yard pass on first and ten from the Bears' forty-eight was very interesting, and uh, Aikman and they're doing it on TV. Here's what, here's how they lined up, Fred. They line up in heavy, right? Which means they have like six offensive. They got six linemen. Uh-huh. They have three tackles, tackle eligible, so they have you know just back a step, so he's off the line. They got. Six big bodies, and there's number 64, the third tackle in the game. So it's the heavy formation. They have a fullback, and then they have the running back in like an eye. Yeah. All right? So the Bears... Fullback. What's that? What well, that's that? where we're getting to. Yeah. See? You're good. Fred's great. Here's the thing. So they line up in, in the I formation. and uh, They got under the center quarterback, then they got the fullback behind him, and then they've got the running back. Here's what they do, they uh, play, do. There's your they do play action, and uh, the fullback goes through, and everyone bites because it's in a running formation, six right. man uh, line. Now the two safeties, thirty nine and twenty one, right? Eddie Jackson and uh, Ha Ha Dix. Uh-huh. They're playing up now. All of a sudden, and they only have one wide receiver in the formation, a guy with a number in, you know, 80s or teens, right? One wide receiver, he's on the left. He's one that goes down and then slants right, and he beats uh, 20 of Mookamara uh, by about 10 yards, and there's no safety around. And Aikman said, he, he blamed it on dicks. Uh, it could have been, you don't know, you know 39 or 20. Right. But the two safeties were up like almost trying to do like nine in the box yeah. or eight, eight in the box.
0: Yep. I remember.
1: It's unbelievable. Yeah,
0: he let he let him go.
1: A fullback. Yeah, and they had the fullback run earlier on a play that was a big pickup for him. Mm-hmm. We don't need. Now I'm not saying Jordan Howard ought to be back. I'm no, not saying I'm not, that. Definitely
0: not. He would for all those people that said that he would run for just as as few yards as everybody else is running for. Yeah, it's not that David Montgomery or Mike Davis can't run the ball. Uh, you give the ball to Tariq Cohen and have him run up the middle. Then I'm a little I'm questioning what you're doing.
1: You know, tipping a hat to Yurko. The first play of the game, and Yurko was on his Monday, you know, right out of the box. Right. Then it took a few days for the different reporters and it to filter through. And I see the Tribune guy did a nice job last night, this morning, Rich Campbell. But, you know, he broke down the entire first play. I right. know Yurko did this Monday Yeah. when Nagy... Put uh, 18, Gabriel, in motion from the left to the right. It dragged, excuse me, it dragged, well, I thought it was a corner of the safety, one of the DBs.
0: It dragged the safety across, playing man. Yeah, they broke it down, but then uh, that play actually was broken down a second time Okay. by Jack Del Rio, who said, they bought. They blocked it right. But what was supposed to happen was after they the double teamed the one guy yeah. one of those guys was supposed to fall off him and hit the t- linebacker and they didn't do it. Well, white hair actually fell down. Well, white hair fell down and that left
1: uh, center Daniel with the decision of I got two guys now instead of one. So yeah. that didn't well okay that didn't help either. Right. Regardless, I think it goes back to Nagy's really poor at calling a run game. Yeah. Because all he's doing by putting Gabriel in the motion, which is
0: nice to dictate what coverage they're in, but all he does is bring another person into the box. So another hat that you gotta get a hat on. See, but unless unless Gabriel's gonna block and when the guy's five six, he's not gonna block many linemen. Uh, you wait till he runs past. Exactly. Let him clear out. Let him clear out and let him go all the way before you hand the ball off. Now I'm not, I'd have to go back and look and maybe there was, it was down to a point where they had to snap the ball. But most reasons you put that guy in motion and if you're not going to give him the ball on a jet sweep, you let him go through and then the guy's, away from where you're running.
1: You're both right, but what it also did was it it created more clutter in the middle. You're both right. But then that safety drags over. Now he's in front of the center, which is just more bodies in the middle that Cohen has to try to get through. So, you know, it's sad that they worked two
0: weeks and and it broke down for whatever reason. It's sad that they just can't run the ball like most teams in the NFL. I mean, haven't watched watched the Niners. Haven't watched any team that uses a fullback. OK, you've got an extra. you got this guy, P.J. Holtz, this uh fourth tight end. If you want to put him in the backfield and have him block yeah. people. He's a big dude. He should be able to block someone. So we've covered that was the week that was the craziest
1: thing of the week, the dumbest play of the week, the biggest disappearing act of the week, the most misconstrued, uh, at least in my opinion, statement that when We return. The boldest statement of the week. And here's a little clue. It happened about 9 p.m. last night. Jesse will stop by around 10. And uh, we haven't even gotten into all our great uh, Murph and Fred fan focus group. Twitter poll questions, all that and more. Murph and Fred, Saturdays, 9 o'clock, ESPN 1000. Okay, let's back to a Welcome back, Murph and Fred. Hey, real quick... Fred, I don't know if uh, David uh, Ross has a PR guy, but uh, I would offer uh, uh, free of charge uh, an idea for uh, Rossi, okay? Now, he's going to be asked for the next uh, three, four months till spring training or first... You know, you're a first time manager. Uh-huh. You know, you've never managed in the minors or, or anywhere. Which right. you know, valid, valid question. Right? Well,
0: it's the truth. Yeah.
1: Well, there you go. Right. <laughs> I guess that makes it valid yeah. and more than right. But I remember. to say Dave, David, Grandpa, Rossi, come here. Okay,
0: come so here, that's man. the first thing. That's the first thing. Steve mm-hmm. Greenberg's column today. No more Grandpa Rossi. No, because now he's one of the youngest managers in the game. Yeah, well, beyond that, he, he, <laughs> now he's the manager. You don't call him Grandpa He's anymore. not totally so anymore. I'm taking that out. He's No yeah. no longer is he Grandpa Rossi.
1: i uh, I grandson, because he's the young, one of the younger managers now, if not the youngest. I, but I'll never forget. This was great. This is my uh, my advice. When Ozzie Guillen was named White Sox manager, yep. he had the most clever comeback. When... Everyone would say, you know, he's never managed anywhere. If I'm not mistaken, Ozzy never managed in the minors or anywhere, right? White Sox. And uh, you've never managed anywhere, Ozzy. How are you going to? And you know what he said? I'll never forget. He goes, hey, I've been managing in my head all my life. Uh huh. In other words, every game he ever played, minors, majors, right. he was thinking, you know, what are we doing? And that's what David Ross should simply say. And, you know, when I heard Ozzy say that, boom, I go, that's good enough for me. Yeah. If Ross just says, hey, I've been managing since... I was in Little League in my head.
0: There's a reason that uh, there's right. so many catchers that have become managers because catchers are constantly thinking the game. Where the pl- fielders are supposed to be, what the pitcher's supposed to do, right. what the manager's sending in, how you're going to face this guy. Yeah. That's why. That's why catchers get named managers. Ozzie was standing out at shortstop. Some people at shortstop, you wonder what they're thinking about <laughs> Starlin Castro. Oh. Um, so you wonder what those guys are thinking about. But Ozzie as he was saying, he was uh-huh. managing every single time he played a game.
1: Where'd you come up with the Stalin Castro there, uh, Fred? That's pretty good, huh?
0: Well, I was thinking about shortstops that paid no attention at times. So that would have been him.
1: Or you were thinking about uh, maybe Rick Sutcliffe talking uh, uh, middle of the year. Remember last uh, June, July as Sut was uh, on ESPN 1000, huh? Lunch with a legend. We go to
3: the the big stadium and we're going to do rundowns and cutoffs and relays and the games are going to start in a couple of days. And I'm gonna mention his name. I don't care. I'm um, Sterling Castro. You know, he was our three, four, five-time All Star. He was the guy that was kind of the leader up till that point. And Castro's doing Castro's things on these rundowns, and he's just, he's just, he's just making a mess of it. Rossi takes off his mask. He fires it at the ground, and he gets in Castro's face. That You know what? That's why you guys lose here. That's why that, you don't win championships like that. And basically ran him back to the clubhouse. And I am telling you, as, as, as you guys know, I mean, that set the tone for the rest of spring training. Uh, you can have fun in the clubhouse. You can have fun after. But when it's time to work, uh, Rossi made sure that everybody knew that uh, that's what we we're going to do. How
1: about that with yep. uh, Waddle and um, Marco, yep. Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter poll. Let's see what we have. Bears questions right now. Active for you to vote at ESPN 1000. Number one, who is the bigger disappointment right now to you? A, Mitch Trubisky. B, Matt Nagy. Number two, do you agree with this often said statement? NFL teams should draft a quarterback every year. Yes or no? Number three, who knows best if the Bears should run the ball more? A, the fans. B, the reporters. Or C, Matt Nagy. Let me roll that through again, Fred. I like this one. Who knows best if the Bears should be running the ball more? Fans? Matt Nagy. Number four. If Bill Belichick, what if, what if, what if Bill Belichick were the uh, head coach of the Chicago Bears? Uh, the Bears record would be uh, 6-0, and 5-1, 4-2, and or 3-3. and And number five, the NFL trade deadline is Friday. Ryan Pace. You should be a seller, a buyer, or just a stand pat.
0: All right. Lots of trades uh, in the NFL already. Mm. I mean, the Niners picked up a wide receiver, and the Patriots picked up another wide receiver. Yeah, it's a lot of of things going on. You Uh, can't tell the players without a scorecard. Except they don't sell those anymore. Yeah, you got to get them online. (laughs) Print them up online before you go. And that leaves
1: us with uh, of the uh, five uh, boldest, craziest, dumbest things that we didn't get to number one. Boldest, Statement of the week, all right? Stacey King last night, got to love Stacey, watching the Bulls game. He says this late in the uh, fourth quarter, Fred, middle of the fourth quarter. He goes, was Zion out, I think he said like for six or eight weeks? Six, eight weeks. Whatever, okay, good. He says, the rookie of the year voting is now wide open, Kobe White is now in the picture. And this is based on how long Zion's out, you know, yeah, or yeah. what is, you know,
0: no, everything's up for grabs. I thought that was pretty bold. It was bold. And Game then two. On the post-game show, they showed what rookies did in their first couple of games, uh-huh. and there are rookies scoring everywhere in the NBA. Um it just shows you what the, what these players are doing it used to be when you're a rookie in the NBA not so you know not like in the NFL it didn't take you a while to get in but sometimes you didn't get off the bench for a while uh but the rookies around the NBA this week uh are coming off the bench or starting and scoring uh very very well the other I thought you were going to go with the bold statement uh-huh. there was a time Late in the game, where Kobe White was out there, Zach Levine was out there, Markkinen was there, and I think it might have been Otto Porter, who's really disappeared the first two games of the season. And
1: they're going to hold him back to 24 minutes a game for management, you know, by bo- well, I, I think they did
0: yesterday, because there's back-to-back today. They have their home opener against yeah. Toronto tonight. Mm-hmm. But... Stacy King. The ball went to Larry Markkinen, who had an awful night shooting last night. He made it was a like big one three for ten. At the end, but you're right. Yeah, I think he was one for ten from three point range. Yeah. And uh, um, Stacy King said, "Right now, the ball's got to be in the hands of Zach Levine or Kobe White. Yeah. You can't get the ball to Larry Markkinen right now." And that was interesting. I thought that was the boldest statement I heard okay. from Stacy King last night because. You would think, Larry's our guy, but not last night. And not when a guy like Kobe White is red hot, the behind-the-back pass, inside the lane. It was unbelievable what he did.
1: Uh, Zach Levine with 37 points, but uh, many would say the star of the game, Kobe White. Seventh pick in the draft, he had 25 points. Fred, 21 of the points in the second, second half. half. Yep. Second half, he was 8 for 11 from the field in the second half. Four out of six uh, from three-ball land. And how about this? He played the entire 24 minutes of the uh, second half.
0: When you look at it, he played, uh, Was he had the third most minutes in the, of the team. it had 31, Levine had 33, and yesterday Kobe White had 30.
1: The uh, bulls were never ahead until the middle of the fourth quarter. But in uh, the new nickname, uh, at least, yeah, you know how Stacy uh, is at sub zero. He wears number zero. Right. I don't know why sub zero. I guess because he's got ice water in his veins. I still call him Splash because almost every shot he takes is nothing but net.
2: Rebound back tap
4: picked up by Kobe behind his
2: pass. What a pass Kobe White with his left hand White. Oh good screen by a Do it to him
0: Kobe do it to him finisher Kobe into the lane Got a shot up and go. So I told you, get him the ball. <laughs> Kobe White is showing out tonight. That's what you said, Fred. Highlights yeah. like NBCB sports, huh? sports Chicago. And that's what you do. When you've got a guy that's hot, you just keep feeding him and give him the ball. And he was going to the basket. He was making the right passes. He was doing some great, great stuff. It was fun to watch. And they are the watch Bulls, even though they lost <laughs> in the first game. They weren't playing much defense. Heck, they weren't playing much defense for a big part of the game last night either. I mean, because they kept just nailing threes and um, the opposition Grizzlies did. And then they'd always get rebounds. This is what's going on. Um, they've got to they've improve on their defense. And hey. they just want to. And I think they want to. They just got to figure it all out. Coach Jim Boylan, what'd you think of White?
3: He's confident. Um, he uh, He's a baller. He's just plays. He recognizes situations. He's learning as we go. He's getting better. Um, he talks to me during the game. He has, you know, positive things to say, comment on. He has suggestions on what we're doing, which is really cool for a young guy uh, in the appropriate way. And um, thankfully, he's playing for us.
1: Hey, Kobe, big game last night. <laughs> I have high expectations for myself. Uh-huh. I feel like that's why I'm so hard on myself.
4: Yeah. I always feel like that. Right? I can play better. Like, tonight uh-huh. I feel like I could have played better. Uh-huh. I had a slow first half, you know. Um, but I always have high expectations for myself. That's what the you know I want to I want to be good in this league. So that's you know that's what it's going to take.
0: Plays the entire second it half. It's fun to watch. It's going to be a tough oh. game tonight. Toronto, yeah. uh, the defending champs, champs, they actually lost last night, and they were probably here in Chicago before the Bulls were because their game ended uh, well before the Bulls' game ended. So. We'll see how things go tonight uh, at the uh, at the big house. Can we still call it the big house? Do you they house, used to call it that. madhouse. Uh, hey, it's only the madhouse for hockey.
1: When and, and then for me. Uh, when will? Yeah, good point. When will uh, Coach Hey Coach Boylan? When you're going to put Kobe White in the starting
0: lineup? I don't think he will right away. Or
1: will he? Uh, uh, he might be like, forced
0: to. I like Sadaransky. I know. Yeah. he might be forced to. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not so sure about Cornette. except <laughs> and I don't mean Jordan. Uh, I'm not so sure about Cornette. Uh-huh. He just he, he can rebound defensively, yeah. but him taking the shots, he yeah. came down and took shots on back-to-back possessions yesterday, yeah. and I just said, okay, that's enough. Just rebounding, you know, he came in, give ball the ball to big someone board, else. Though, you're right. I know, he had yeah. some big rebounds, yeah. but it's like, I don't want him shooting. Yeah. we got enough shooters.
1: I played the bugle, not the Cornette. Jesse Rogers in a few minutes, and Murph and Fred back in a flash. ESPN 1000. phones? Right, it's uh, John and There's Roland at, Hey, John. That Mitch can hmm. ball off he's practicing teams. what he's going to say. Is here? <laughs> Is that John? <laughs> Try <Let me get>. again. <laughs> hey, John. John, what's John. up? Hey, buddy. <laughs> all
0: right. I knew not to go there. No. I knew not to do that. No, John's fine. said John might be having a problem. <laughs> anyway, that knows John, get over to his house immediately.
1: Let's see what the fans have. Welcome back, Murph and Freddie. It's been 1000 Jesse in a couple of minutes. All right, uh, Twitter poll number one. Uh, who is the bigger disappointment, Mitch Trubisky or Matt Nagy? Uh... How do you
0: think the fans voted on this one, Fred? I I hope they voted ninety ten, uh, Matt Nagy, but I know they didn't. They probably <laughs> voted the other way, Ooh. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, because you know uh, Mitch is uh, from. There have been people this week that said Mitch is the worst quarterback in the NFL. Uh, you guys haven't watched enough NFL games. Well, that was a stack. Well, now people have voted him. Like uh, there's like four different groups. You know what they say worst, about worst quarterback in the National Football League?
1: Stats. Chair Michael Wilbon. Uh, And about two, three weeks ago, here, Michael. What do you think of analytics and the numbers? See, here is why
2: analytics are dangerous to the understanding of sports, Sylvie, because they don't take into account so many things that create winning. They don't take them into account. And so you can't you can't say okay they have all these
4: young
1: bats all right well all, they they got all the young bats they all hit thirty home runs this year and they didn't do anything trade DJ LeMay, we don't like his numbers have you seen him no we're just basically, hey sign that uh, Jason Hayward to uh, twenty five years at two hundred and fifty billion dollars why well look at this war have you watched uh, no we don't have to uh, I'm with you Fred Matt Nagy would be I, I've never. I have never seen a team in two weeks anywhere in my history watching sports where I've From been... From so high to so low. Yes.
0: Yeah, they beat Minnesota, uh, and then they lose back-to-back games to Oakland and New Orleans. Like, Nor
1: have on. I ever seen a turnaround in two weeks in my mind, my mind, for a head coach?
0: I'm not an idiot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I didn't say you were.
1: I don't think he said he was here. I know we did that in the first no, hour. So he just said I'm not. What were the results there? 76% there of the voters saying Mitch Trubisky yep. is a bigger disappointment so yep. far than Matt Nagy. Very good. Very good. Number two, do you agree with this often said statement? NFL teams should draft a quarterback every year. Yes or no? Eric, what the Fifty-seven
0: percent of the voters said yes. Yeah. They do believe in that. Yeah. I say no. That's I ridiculous. Say, I know. Well, the Packers have done it for uh, for a while. Fine, but there but there aren't many teams that have done it. And you know what? If you if your um if your scouts and everything draft good players, you don't need to draft one every year. I hear people still say that all the
1: time. Uh, we'll get back to more Twitter poll results. Jesse's coming around the corner. Hey, Jesse, you're next. Wake up. I only, I set the alarm for 10 minutes before I ever go on the air with he's, anybody.
0: He's pounding coffee right now. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: ESPN 1000. Saturday, 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 Saturday. Hope you're having a great day. Saturday. Glad you're with us, Merv and Fred. Every Saturday, SPN 1000 at 9 a.m., one minute away from Jesse Rogers. Oh, by the way, get the big voice guy in here. And Jason McLeod is still on the Cubs payroll. Oh, yeah, he sure is. So, I'm listening this, I listen all the time, as you do, Freddie, ESPN 1000, and I heard the little guy, Jesse, and he, I have a little sound bite. Jesse's listening on hold right now. Jesse, hi, Jesse. I know you're listening on hold right now. And he loves throwing this one out. Remember, he said,
2: people hate this, but seven out of ten years, we'd like to make the playoffs. Well, they went four for four. So there's a, there's a couple years in there that they may not. <laughs>
1: Saturday. guy oh, Jesse Rogers. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Jesse. I don't know if like he went to uh, a at NIU hey, or to every class. I didn't know there'd be mathematics involved when I took the job, Murph. Hey, Jesse,
2: good morning. Seven out of (laughs) ten means three out of ten you're not going. All right, I think there's a good chance 2020 could be number two. Hold on, hold on. Now, Jesse, hold on. <laughs> there now. you go. Let's hold
1: on. Seven out <laughs> of ten. Th- and Theo said that when he took over, which is fine. I mean, that's, I said terrific. You know, seven out of ten for my favorite. Now, wait a minute. Everybody
0: now. thought that was great until they didn't make it once. In uh, any his first, <laughs> all right.
1: His first year was 2012, right? He finished fifth. 2013, fifth. 2014, fifth uh then 2015 even though finished third there's there's playoff number one uh 16 is of course world series playoffs number two uh 2017 and 2018 he makes the playoffs so he's so far he's four out of eight he's got two years left so the best he can do is uh
2: sick the best he can do is uh, remember he's sick. people hate this but seven out of ten years we'd like to make the playoffs (laughs) well they went four for four no, so there's a, there's a couple years in there that they may not. But he can do no
1: better than six out of
2: ten, which yeah, still, which still uh, sounds like Joe Men.
1: Two out of three ain't bad. Six out of ten ain't bad, Jesse. Good morning, yeah. buddy. How I, I
2: get I guess I gave him the a uh, okay. little bit of a break. That's starting, all right. I, I, just I, started, pl- I started I started him <laughs> at 2015. That's okay. That I'm just playing out. with you. I know you are. Fans, you are. Good, good to see you guys, say
1: hi. <laughs> Well, good to hear you. Hi. Where oh there he is. He's on the, he's right down State Street. Hi, hi Jesse, <laughs> waving at you. Good to see you too, my friend. All right, and Jesse, uh, well you know. Jason McLeod's still on the payroll, but we we don't care about that right now. We got bigger fish to fry. Tom Brenneman, and I don't. I've said it. Have I ever been a fan? You don't like him. I don't like no. him. I
0: don't like his dad. In fact, the greatest. By thing the was, way, he's doing the Bears tomorrow. Yeah, so. I know.
1: and then when he comes on, is that with Troy? Who is it? But uh, Troy, a- who's it? No, site? tomorrow.
0: tomorrow it's Chris Spielman. Okay.
1: Not the, uh, Jesse. I'm too old to do a drinking game. You know. The, remember the old drinking games? You know, someone would say, "Every has have, have a shot." Whenever he says, "You know, the mm-hmm. little guy." <laughs> so every so whenever they so shot us in
0: trouble back in the day. When,
1: <laughs> yeah, three in the afternoon. Gibson's were rolling out. We do the, <laughs> we do the morning show. We're done at ten.
0: <laughs>
1: what time so did we'll, they open there, the door over there for you? ten,
0: 10 thirty, <laughs> half hour early. There was a lot of that back in the day. <laughs> Give me
1: a cab. No Uber. <laughs> all right. But uh, the, the thing about Tom Brennan, oh, the greatest thing when the season ended, no more Marty. That was, yeah, that was a great thing. Oh, jeez. Now, now, hold on. He was the guy that, because the Cub fans threw some stuff on the field, and we're having things, but there was fans involved. And then he tried to sort of pretend yes. like he never said it. And, and then yeah. the Yankee fans do it last week. I don't know if he's, anyway, that's neither an here nor there. But, and Tom, yeah. you can have Tom. But, he was great. He was on who was he on with this week? Let's Probably see Cap. Let's see. Cap Randley was on Thursday at nine thirty four in the morning. Cap and this is what tom brenneman said about the cubs this year and be thinking why did they what was the na- paul sullivan always says we still haven't heard a reason from theo as to why joe madden's been i uh, didn't come back why you know fired or let go i don't know if we agree with that jesse but that's what sully keeps saying we're still waiting for a reason we've been told well you know uh accountability and, Well, here's what Tom Brenneman said uh, the other day. I have
4: come to really appreciate that Cub team very, very much, ironically, in a season where they didn't make the the playoffs. I just love the fact that it doesn't matter whether you're playing them in June or whether you're playing them in September with big games on the line. I've never seen a team that runs out ground balls like the Cubs do. And that's one of the little things that you'll start to see in slippage from a manager. And players that want to play or don't play from a manager.
0: Huh? <laughs> that's uh, yeah, Tom. Yeah, well, uh, he, didn't watch, team. he didn't watch all the games. Well, no, I mean, well,
1: every team's well, got guys that don't. But he, in general, and he, he sees them, what, 19 times a year? Okay, yeah. Jesse.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, I was sitting in with Cap for that interview. And here's the strange part. If you want to look at it that way, okay, maybe they do run out their ground balls then why then, what were they doing once they got to first because they led the league on those outs on the bases, so they stopped running from first to second to third to home. I guess i you know Tom's viewing it as an opposing broadcaster, eighteen games. Against the Cubs, and that's all Tom has seen. No, I'm not. I'm not criticizing Tom, but Uh everybody has their own viewpoint. Um, I would say that you know they. He said they played hard. They lost nine in a row, including five one-run games at the most critical time of the year. So I would, I would, I would push back on some of those assessments of the Cubs. But again. That doesn't mean he's wrong. He's only seeing it from his perspective, right. just like you have one, and just like I have one.
1: Jesse Rogers with us. All right, Jesse, uh, I've done some, I'm done, I've done the heavy lifting here for, for all of us, okay? I now have in my, right here on the, remember the yellow pads, Jesse, years ago? Jesse, oh, yeah. run down to Walgreens. I'm out of a yellow pad. <laughs> Not white, but yellow. <laughs> I've got to be right. And uh, so I have jotted down, Fred, you can see right here on the yellow pad, the Cubs uh, opening day uh, lineup.
0: Okay. All right. Not batting order. Lineup. But I know in your team, you still have Castellanos on the Cubs. Oh, Don't yeah. you? Yeah. I, By uh, the way, that's number one, young man. You play right field for the White Sox, I Well, you I too, think.
1: Fred. Young man Fred. But young man Jesse, <laughs> yeah. you and I heard you and a all, uh many times, I believe. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They're saying, no, way, Nick, 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 Castellanos is coming back this year. Uh, I will disagree. I think he will be signed by the Cubs. But here's here's my lineup, all right? Outfield, left to right. Castellanos in left. Uh, Whit Merrifield in uh, center. And Jason Hayward, unfortunately, in right. Third base, Moose Moustakis. 33 home runs. Uh, oh, free agent, uh, Brewers. Baez at the short. Nico Horner. Second, Rizzo at first and... Uh, And, of course, uh, Wilson Contreras, the catcher. So what I see coming, Jesse, is a trade of the left fielder Schwarber. Not that I want to get rid of him, but there's very few guys that have market value. A trade of the third baseman, uh, and you sign free agent. See, the only way this team can improve, since there's nothing uh, coming up in the farm system, as we all have uh, regurgitated to death, is that you've got a trade some name players and fill those roles with free agents, and uh, somehow you finagle what the could be a three-way trade. One of these trades then could land you young players going to the Royals and Whit Merrifield. So I have an outfield of uh, Castellanos, Whit. Merrifield in center, Hayward in right. You got uh, Moustakas, Baez, Nico Horner, and Rizzo, and and Contreras. And, I, you know, just something I jotted down. Odds are none of that will happen. <laughs> but it's a lot of work, heavy lifting for Theo. Now that the manager uh, chases over Theo, uh, uh, for Theo uh, to Jesse, yeah. he's got to start making some moves, and you're going to have to make some trades and fill internally, I mean, fill rather with free agents. That's really what he's got to look at first.
2: Yeah, it's going to be one of the busier off seasons for me as a reporter for sure and, and obviously what they're going to do at the, the front office. They're going to be on the phones a lot. I'm going to partially disagree with, with your prediction. I'm going to punt the center field question. You might be right about that. I don't have an opinion just yet. I do have an opinion on the other things. I think in left field will be Kyle Schwarber, not Nick Castellanos. I think at uh, third base won't be Chris Bryant. Uh, I agree with you on Bias, Horner, and Rizzo. I don't agree with you about Wilson Contreras. My two big names to go would would be Contreras and Bryant. These aren't my choices; just my sure. what my feeling is, is. Yeah, Contreras and Bryant would be the names to go rather than Schwarber and Bryant for for if we're going with these with these big moves, which I do think right. they will make. And here's the thing: I think you have to acquire some young stud pitching that oh, yeah. may not may not be major league ready, but very very close. I'm talking. A triple A prospect, a no brainer, top prospect of another organization. And that goes back to well, what will twenty twenty be about? Very well could be a retooling year, as we joked at the front end about no playoffs. And then you go to go to war with maybe a younger, better, you know, pitching staff, so to speak, in twenty twenty one. So I mean, we're still in October, a lot, of, lot to, to happen, but those are some of my thoughts.
0: Are you thinking Contreras because they can get the most for him now or because, and I'm pretty sure I heard you say this, that he and Ross didn't necessarily see everything on the same uh, plane when they were here?
2: No, I don't think he's going to m- get moved for that. I mean, okay. if he's here, they may have to uh, uh, smooth over some rough edges. I think it's about, first of all, I'll go back to what I said to maybe you guys a couple weeks ago. I think they're going to go to most of these young guys and this is the again if this is a retooling offseason with free agency looming in a couple years for several guys you're going to go to whoever you can and ask for that hometown discount now if contreras plays ball like you would not like gives them the greatest hometown he might be here for for all we know if bryant says okay give me jd martinez he might be here so there's a lot of fluidity to this thing but let's just take that out of the equation i think there's some warts to his game um, calling a game, framing a game, it hasn't improved as much as it. Now you give up the offense. There's no doubt about it with Contreras. But you can get a lot for him, mostly Fred, because he's as cheap as you're going to get in a time. Catch?
1: So who's going to catch?
2: I don't have that answer.
1: Well, then you can't just say trade <laughs> Contreras. Well,
2: look, what we don't know what they're going to get back in these deals. You I know? know. I mean, there's a lot. Again, if it's if it's a retooling year, oh, okay. maybe Caratini catches it with uh, 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 splits time, and All then right. a Miguel Amaya is ready in twenty one. I, right, I, I don't like have I like If I don't have every answer, here's
1: Twitter poll. <laughs> yes, you do. Here's Twitter poll number uh, seven. Let's bring in EO eleven. Cup fans, will Theo reboot this year or be in it to win it? And where did I come up with this? Because you and Kamperewski again all week. No, no, no. Inside sources, they're going to retool. So what? Theo's got two years left. And they're going to retool this year and then win it all in his 10th final year with the Cubs. Maybe. Hey, what do I know? I'm just a fan. But let's see what the fans voted. Eric, Cub fans are asked to vote. Will Theo reboot, you know, rebuild, not uh, tear it down, reboot this year or be in it to win it? A reboot be in to win all right lay it on us eric 58 percent of the votes came in for reboot well saying that that's what theo will do not saying they agree with that but yes right
2: so there you go why why would so you think they're rebooting really i I do because there's just so much going on there you know revamping that player development if you're trading one or Who trades two stars in the same offseason? Me, you know, Contreras is an all-star starter, you know, if it's going to happen. Who trades two of them? Uh, You don't have enough pitching. How are you going to fix the staff to go to the World Series next year? The way Lester performed at the end there, you're hoping Darvish and Hendricks can be one and two. You're hoping Chatwood can come back in and be in the road. I mean, I just think there's too much with a first-year manager to expect. Look at David Martinez, took him that second year. I do think you can get right back at it in, in year two for 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 David Ross. This this my feeling, if you are revamping your lineup and your pitching staff and your manager, wow, it's hard to envision one year from now. So the window
1: playing. the window's closed right now is what you're saying.
2: With this group, it does I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, with yeah, with the sixteen group, yeah, it kind of is. But it but but it can open up real quick. It's not a rebuild. It can open up back real quick in a year. But I kind of think, yeah, we're, we're, we're uh-huh. moving in that direction where it's closed.
1: He's the squanderer. Not you, Jesse. <laughs> Theo, the squanderer, Epstein. So it all boils down to uh, ad infinitum uh, that, uh, well, there was no farm system developed in eight years. That's why all this scrambling and he's in the pickle because there's no one to fill internally. Any of the, You trade the third baseman, you trade the catcher, you trade the left fielder, you trade whoever you want. And the cow jumped over to Moon. It's nice and clean. Bring up the left fielder, get a bundle for Schwab. So, you know what I mean? Bundle. Right. Trade the third baseman, get a lot of stuff, bring up the uh, young third baseman. Hey, trade the catcher, bring up the young uh, pitching. We don't have to spend no big money on pitching. We got them. There's nothing coming up. So, that's why the window has slammed shut.
2: Yeah. And by definition, unless you're trading star for star, then you are retooling, meaning Bryant brings you back three prospects. Not necessarily
1: because you can fill them with a free agent.
2: Well, I just I don't think they're doing well, that. No, 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 I don't, no, think no, going no. I
0: don't either. No, yeah. I'm just saying you can also go yes. that route. Uh, the, weird, yes. the weird thing, too, is, oh, and, I, and I agree with you. I mean, uh, I of course we agree that the uh, Cubs have not developed pitching in their system. But if you look at the World Series that's going on right now, five of the st- top six starters have all been acquired in trades. OK, all three of them for Houston and two of the three from uh, from Washington. So apparently most of these teams are making their team by buying pitching once they get everything else set for yeah, right.
1: young but or triple or young guys. In a trade farm system,
0: guys, who wouldn't be ready right away? Maybe. But they're able to move. They're able to move people to go out and get these guys, or sign them as free agents. I mean, look at it. You've got you've got Corbin, you have Scherzer, and then you have all three: Verlander, Cole, and uh, Granke. They're all guys that they brought in because they didn't have enough pitching.
1: Yeah, but then the, the Nationals, and they fill those spots internally with Soto and uh, and, robles, uh, and robles that catch you, you made in yeah. the first inning was well, like yeah. huge right.
2: i think i think the equation you have to find somebody through your own draft, I don't care what, what position they're playing, right? right? It could be so right field pitcher, you need some guys coming up because sure. for five years, you're paying them six years. You're almost right. you're paying them nothing. Yeah, Then you can spend where you have holes. So, and Houston's yes.
0: got it on the rest of the players. I mean, Kyle Tucker playing yesterday, and he's a guy that's been sitting most of the time, and he comes in and he gets on base yesterday. If so. you don't have
1: the third leg of the stool, the, the free agents... The trades and the coming up through your system. The Cubs don't. They're a, a stool with two legs, Jesse. It sounds silly, but they're they're so they're in so much trouble. The window is shut because of eight years of bum drafts.
2: And think about this. Think about this. In, 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 let's in reality, if Almora and Ian Hap coming into this year are actually you know first round picks that produce, this team might be in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's where they've come up short. They haven't right. having enough production from these guys that they have brought up. Not the stars. Of course they have Schwarber, Bryant, but that's only three or four guys. You need those other guys. You know, Mora, uh we can go through the list. Bodie, um, none of them perform mm. the way they're supposed to, and there's a good right. chance several of them are going to move on.
1: The waves aren't coming. Jesse Rogers with Murph and Fred. Final couple of minutes. Always appreciate Jesse's time. Uh, Fred, you were mentioning before Jesse came on some interesting uh, uh, side notes about the Washington Nationals. Well, yeah. I
0: mean, the, the think about it, Jesse. These three games in the uh, in the World Series, the road team has won all three games. And in the first two games, I can't tell you how many times I heard John Smoltz say, the Washington Nationals just put the bat on the ball, and they were doing it, and they did it in that big inning where they just hit the ball. Houston made some mistakes and made some errors, and it's funny. Yesterday, the Nationals up two nothing at home in front of their home crowd, and what do they do? They swing for the fences and strike out thirteen times and don't put the bat on the ball.
2: Yeah, I, 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 let me just say that, and I have no idea. You know, there could be a lot of reasons, but I, it, what, what it reminded me of was sixteen. When the remember the Cubs stunk when they came back home, uh-huh. first World Series since 1945 at home, and they were terrible. It reminded me of that. The Nationals have never hosted a World Series. I I, I believe in this. You come back home, you it doesn't shock me. You're swinging for your, you're trying to impress your fans. You yeah. get, your your adrenaline's pumping, and you're up to nothing, and you try, you get out of your game. That did not surprise me last night. Now maybe there's other mm-hmm. baseball X's and O's reasons, but it didn't shock me. They came home and they did. All it. right.
1: Now you guys have led me to a soundbite. Uh, Jed Hoyer was on uh, ESPN 1000 back on August second, 10.04 in the morning, and uh, they were asking Cap, you know, when Zobras coming back? Okay. Great question. But
0: here. When's Zobris going to the Angels? Jed relevant. Hoyer. Jed Hoyer. And then Adam, Tommy Lestella's got to find a new place to play.
1: Interesting, interesting <laughs> response. I have decided that I would not be unhappy with Jed Hoyer as the Cubs' next boss when Theo uh, says bye-bye and takes his $75 million out the door and goes back to living in Boston. He's only got $20 million left, and the waves aren't coming, and the window's shut. Penuts, anyway, Alice, peanuts, Anyway. And Jed, you know what? he's very philosophically different from theo in many ways here's a brief cut everyone a uh, jed hoyer and he's talking about well walks and sink. like you guys are just yep. talking about ext- making the lineup longer getting that on base
4: our goal is to sort of get back to a little bit of a longer lineup i mean that's why we went out and got castellanos and that's why we got kemp and you know at some point you know we'll get you know get zobrist back in september but we have to have a longer lineup. I think it felt a little bit, you know, it's about having sort of a relentless approach and grinding out the opponent and, and being able to get into the bullpen and, and taking advantage of it. And I think that there was periods in 15 uh, in 16 and 16 and certain periods in 17 where we did that, and I think we've sort of gotten away from that kind of grinding approach. Uh, I don't feel like we're at that place as an offense where the opposing starting pitcher, you know, is, is exhausted after the first couple of innings because the number of pitches and how good our at-bats are and... You know, that's how you feel when you, when you face, you know, the best offenses
1: in baseball. See, I like, good stuff. I like Jed. Yeah. And a, a few minutes later, here's a much shorter cut. Uh, here's Jed again. And he's talking about the leadoff slot and something I never heard Theo allude to. Jed actually said what I've said for years. Guys, for some reason, have a different mentality when they're moved up to the leadoff slot. Remember Schwab's? Everything went course, wrong. Yeah. Here, here's a, a Jed following up more.
4: There's not a lot of guys like that in the game. Fowler, um, And there's no question, like, since Dexter Fowler, we have struggled in that spot, struggled to find someone that can feel comfortable there. I think that um, with some players like Dexter, seeing a lot of pitches is natural. Um, getting on base is natural is what he does. I think for other guys, they, they kind of change what they do when they lead off, and uh, uh, you know, I think that that is uh, that's been a huge problem.
1: Someone actually admitted it. That was back in August. Guys do uh, react differently mentally. You know, when they are they badly enough. So I'm telling you, Jesse, they need. You're right. They need starting pitching. They need at least three or four bullpen guys. They need men to get on base. I'm going to roll the dice with Nico Horner. You know what? They got no other too. option. They got. Yeah, to. I would too. He's my number two hitter, and you got to get the Whit Merrifield type guys somehow. As much as they need pitching, they. need Need guys, that they're just talking about. That's why they have to get a leadoff man, that an on base leadoff man. Oh, you know what? Just put on base. Jed said right there. You can't just automatically move an on base guy uh, that's not used to being a leadoff hitter.
2: No, I mean if they're a star star player like like Rizzo, you might be able to get away with it because they're you know a good hitter, a great hitter is a great hitter. But we've seen. You know, good hitters like Schwarber go backwards. I've talked to so many players about it. There's so many different reasons. One reason that keeps coming up, Murph, and I didn't hear it that often back in the day or whatever, it's just the idea of you're you're, you're batting so quickly. I know it sounds strange. Let's say it's the, you're, the Cubs are at home and center fielder has to come in after the top of the first and he's the leadoff man, right? He has to quickly get the bat and he's out at the plate. And there's a mentality about that. Or if you're on the road, you just you don't even have a moment to see one pitch like the number 2 hitter would. It sounds strange, but I guess maybe no. in reality, it's just some guys aren't ready to hit right away. I'll
1: tell you something else. When they moved Schwarber there, which was a disaster, he'd yeah. take a fastball down the middle on the first pitch because he's right. thinking, I'm supposed to get on base instead of hitting it. Jesse, anyway, buddy, we're up against the clock. But yep. I'll leave you with this. What are you going to get for El and what are you going to get for a Hap? You're going to get Zippo.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's they've got to be add-ons in a yeah. bigger trade with Brian or Contreras. And there's or, nothing look,
1: in the farms, me, He's in the biggest pickle of his life. He's got to see. He's got to tell people, you know, hey, don't tell him we're going to reboot. He's there's no, almost no way to turn this thing around.
2: There, let me t- remind everybody as we head into the hot stove, which is going to be nuts with rumors. There is nobody off limits for the Cubs. Yeah. That includes Hobby Baez. That yeah. includes Anthony Rizzo. It's about maxing out the situation at hand, meaning. Hometown discounts if you want to sign up or unbelievable return on a trade. That's what's going to dictate who stays and who goes. There is no emotion left in Theo or Jed, in my opinion, oh, no. with their players from 16. Moving you know checkers No around emotional on the checkerboard.
1: All he's going to be doing is moving checkers around on the checkerboard because without the farm system to fill in, you're just moving pieces around. It's going to be almost impossible. You can't
0: move hobbies on the cover of MLB 20. <laughs> Comes out in March. Anybody can, anybody uh. can be moved, including you too. Well, good- there's no
1: <laughs> doubt about say that. Good- say goodbye, Jesse. <laughs>
0: goodbye, Jesse. Dad See you, is, Jess.
1: is my guy. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Oh, he wears me out.
0: Yeah. You know, speaking of wearing you out, yeah. I'm with Mongo tomorrow. Hey. Me and Steve Mongo McMichael, wait till you get Mongo's spin on what the defense and this Bears team looks like. We're going to be out of Mike and Denise's in Yorkville. Nice. Be there from 9 until noon tomorrow, getting you ready for Bears and Chargers, and uh, hopefully a Bears victory. I said that last week when I left the show. I said, Oh, the guys will be here on Monday talking about hopefully a Bears win over the Saints. Well, that didn't happen. <laughs> and Jason McCloud is
1: still on the Cubs payroll. Fred, we didn't even get to talk about the Beer Summit, coming to Chicago, uh, continues through Sunday. And it's going to be at the Field Museum, the Natural History Museum, the Old Town Tavern Walk. You'd love nice.
0: this. Real nice. I'm I'm going to walk to a couple of taverns now. <laughs> it's early. We get off early today, 1030. want to thank all our guests, Jesse Rogers. <laughs> Uh, good job. Thanks, to Eric Ostrowski, as always. He'll yeah. be with me tomorrow.
1: Murph and Fredson, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. See you later, everybody.